Welcome to the Influent Podcast, developing leadership, building success, and influencing society. For more resources, visit us online at influent.life. All right, here we are back for the Influent Podcast. Okay. And I am so excited to have Marsha Huber. And Marsha is an amazing lady. Um, Marsha is has is a professor of accounting. At, yes. And what's your what's the what university? Youngstown State University. And has won every award possible in for accounting professors. You're actually kind of semi-famous in the accounting world, if there is such a thing, right? Yeah, you're. I, I don't know. That's an overstatement, but yeah. yeah. But you've won every award. <laughs> yeah. in, award for innovation and yeah. other things. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. and you also have have a CPA business or had, and it's kind of winding down. And yes. You've done a lot of real estate in, investing. Yes. And uh, you're, yes. you were, last summer, were a visiting scholar at Harvard University. And yes. It's so much fun stuff, but but it's such a cool story. And you came in 2005, was it, that you came to Kansas City? July 5th, July. 2005. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So It's my anniversary right now. 11 years ago. Yeah. And came to a Joseph Company event that yeah. we had, and we absolutely fell in love with you, but... Uh, it was, it's such an interesting story. You've become kind of a, you know, just, I guess, a, you know, you know, you know, just a Jesus disciple and, uh, yeah. and you were before, I think, but how much your life has been transformed. Yeah, it's true. And um, I remember that first meeting you came in, it was at Shiloh and, yeah. and um, <laughs> I mean, and you were, you were, uh, you were just in, not in a good place. I mean, no, I was a mess. <laughs> you were a mess. It's like everything. I mean, I remember you. You had a bunch of real estate, and that was it. blown up. Yeah, right. It wasn't working. You right. had a witch in there that was yeah. cursing everything. Yes, you right. Yeah, right. And your CPA business was your your customers oh. were upset at you, and you were overwhelmed, and yep. you're being persecuted, and they're in your accounting, your your professorship, and so. You came to this event, so kind yep. of tell us tell us what happened at that at this event. All right. Well, I thought the event was going to be some sort of business networking thing, <laughs> so I brought um, books with me, my laptop, because I thought it was going to be totally boring. And then I found out through teaching about Joseph and through experiencing prophetic ministry that. God had something for me in the marketplace, that I, it wasn't a waste of my life. Because I was under the impression that unless you're in ministry, if you're in the marketplace, you're like second rate. Right. Like you kind of missed it somehow, and there you are, and all you do is give money. And that's and, and I, I was very disappointed in my life. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think it's a, lot, a lot of people are. That's kind of yeah. a sad but true statement. and. Mm-hmm. You're 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 disciplining your life spiritually. Feel yeah. like it. you know you're kind of a wash up. And, yep. Yep. And and business wise or career wise, you know, kind of mediocre. I guess yep. going along for the ride, and that's the place where you arrived. Yep. But I remember, and I remember, I you know, I don't have a great memory, but I do remember actually speaking to you and prophesying to you. Yes. At the time, and about a complete transformation that was about to happen. Yeah. And I remember telling you to, if, and it was, I don't know if it was the first meeting or the next one you came, I said it's time to 
to buy time. Yep. Did I say that the first meeting? No, we met. We actually met for coffee. Like I drop in every once in a while, and then you'd give me like a line, <laughs> Simpl- right. simplify my life, buy time, things like that. And, um, and it was about. I remember at the beginning too. It was about. I saw a really calling on your life to be a real woman of God, mm-hmm. meaning one that connected with Him on a daily basis, that would mm-hmm. listen to Him, that mm-hmm. would pray to Him and ask Him questions, mm-hmm. and hear kind of clear direction for yeah. the future, and be a dreamer. I remember yeah. I said, I believe I even prophesied to you that you were going to be a dreamer. And, hmm. uh, and, and so what happened, I mean, you went away, and it, it was really over the next few years, um, uh, just honestly, a complete transformation. I mean, you were yeah. You were a lady who was. <laughs> you were so exasperated. I mean, I remember yeah, you were I so was. harassed. You were just there was no peace in your life. Oh, there was no right. joy in your life. You, I think, you felt like you're burning the candle at every end, uh-huh. and nothing was working. And you, yep. now I look at you and you glow. I mean, you're you're happy. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. full of joy. Yeah. You're like you're always in some whimsical adventure with God. That's right. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> and so yeah. Can you walk us through the process? Yeah. You know, and and of what happened because yeah. when first it became you started praying and really taking yeah. time to pray and you started simplifying your life. Yeah, actually, you said something to me in the beginning. Oh, my gosh, I remember. I said, oh, yeah, the first Joseph Company, I said, I really want to hear God. Because when you had taught all this stuff, I really want to hear God. And you said, no, you don't. And I, <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. You said, no, you don't. He said, if you do, you would spend time with them. I was like, oh, you're right. Oh, my gosh. This is true. And then I started sitting with them. Wow. Yeah. I started, like, uh, sitting at home at that point, listening to one of my favorite artists on IHOP. Um, Music worship and stuff, yeah. Yeah. And and back then it wasn't 20 – it was – you couldn't go back. So you had to check in at a certain time to hear wow. your favorite artist. So I'd listen to my favorite artist, and his words were like – they just ministered to me. And then, I don't know, it's just like – Life took off. In fact, I sat after you said that. I spent a week with the Lord, just listening to this music, and and dialoguing. Yeah, God. yeah, and and I don't know. I think I was just resting. I don't even yeah. know how much I was dialoguing. I just, I think I just needed to sit and do so, nothing. Yeah. And then I started thinking. My brain started kicking in, saying, "Oh no, you're becoming like those IHOP people, a good for nothing." <laughs> that was kind of my thought. Like, yeah, that was good. You're becoming good for nothing, like all those people. And um, I had to see a client, and so I went and saw this client who's not Christian, and she ran up to me, and she said, what happened to you? Wow. And she, I said, what are you talking about? She goes, she said, you're glowing. Wow. And then I said. A client. Yeah, a client, Chinese client. I had a restaurant. And she goes, i got to get my husband. He's got to come see you. And I, you know, and I was like, I said, I've been listening to music. That's all I've been doing. And so then when I left, the Lord said, you know, as I had said, the Lord, is anything happening? You know, I'm just sitting there becoming this good for nothing. And I was like, the Lord, is anything happening? When I left, the Lord said to me, something's happening. Wow. And then right after that, I saw someone else I knew, and she immediately said, what happened to you? And I was like, I've been listening to music, Christian music and sitting. And she's like, keep doing it. So that was like the first part of it all was – just spending that time with the Lord 
And then through ministry, like I went to every Joseph company for I think three years, four years, every event. Every event we had. Every single event because I wanted to hear God. And that, and I wanted, I heard stories. And then I wanted to sit at the table of God and I wanted him to talk to me. So that was part of it. And then actually it kind of came a weird way. It wasn't like I sat at the table of God I, 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 this might sound too much. I demanded it of God. Right. When I had decisions to make, I demanded it. I had to. It's just like, you have to talk to me. And I went through situations and I found that God would. And that's why I'm at high up now because I have decisions to make and I want to hear God. I have to. I'm done making decisions on your own, on my own. Right making mistakes. And that was one of the first things she said to me that I would had made a decision where I handed off the Lord and I was experiencing pain because of it and it would last for years. <laughs> and and that was comforting. <laughs> did I say that? Yes, you did. You did. The first so you, meeting. You made because you'd made decisions yeah. out of this out of your own human understanding. Right. You made poor decisions. And but that gave me comfort because I realized, okay, and then you said it would last until I learned my lessons. So I still have this real estate thing happening, and I'm learning. I said, Lord, is, are my lessons done yet? But it's comforting because I have learned so many lessons through it. You really have. And, you know, it's, it's marvelous. And I think it's finally turning around, praise God, 11 years later. But that word kept me. So even when these things happened... I just knew that it's all part of God's big plan. Actually, the Lord recently told me that about that decision, that it really wasn't, it was all part of his plan. Right. Yeah. It, you know, I was, the whole time I thought I made this huge mistake, and then he just said, no, it's all part of my plan. Well, because he foreknows. <laughs> yeah, he sense. foreknows. And he knows this is, it's going to be painful. Yeah. But it's going to be a lesson right. that you need right. to learn. It's going right. to help you become the queen yeah. or the king that you're called to be, right? And it really gave me experience. Real estate's tough. I wouldn't recommend anybody go into it. But it allowed me, it gave me a capacity. All these things, being a CPA, being a professor, having all the pressures of job, working in the marketplace, having tenants that drive me crazy, making better business decisions has helped me help others. Yeah. So, you know, take us back to, you know, because this web, this webcast is really, yeah. I mean, the Influent website is, and our whole concept is really about first becoming. Yeah. Which you did. I mean, it was becoming the person you're supposed to be and yeah. getting connected yeah. with God and with getting connected with your divine purpose, and it's becoming. And then it's about building success, and then it's about yeah. influencing society. And it's there's a progression there, yeah. and it's a progression that, honestly, you've gone on. I've seen you yeah. become this amazing woman of God, honestly, <laughs> and you're, you're just dreaming all the time and all this, but I'm also seeing you become extremely successful yeah. in your in your field, yeah. and now you're influencing, yeah. you know, thousands and thousands yeah. of other people, and it's you're exactly what we're about, but so take us back, you talked about the prayer, yeah. the prayer life, and the connection with God, and connecting with destiny, but now mm-hmm. talk about the simplification, because your life, you'd simply... Mm-hmm. You'd simply yeah. bit off too much, and you were doing things yeah. that were not your power alley, right? Yes. So talk about the simplification. So one part of it is when you told me to simplify my life, I had sold my practice, but I held on to the 20% of the best part. 
and um, which was profitable, but it was it was getting to so the. This is after. after you, this is when I, This is your response to simplification. Yeah. So you actually you actually sold off eighty. percent No, I had done that before, but I still had twenty percent left. Okay. And at that point, when you said to simplify, I had a guy who. Um, he was kind of mad at me, whatever. He thought I was a terrible Christian. He wasn't a Christian. <laughs> and then I just gave him a bunch of it. You gave him your, your some of your remaining clients. Yeah, which I think surprised him because one of my Christian friends kind of talked to him some, and he just thought I was some greedy, whatever, whatever. And I think it just surprised him. I said, hey, do you want these clients? I said, I can't manage them. And I still held on to a few. It's been a – you know, I, something I learned being a Christian, God – is his patience outlasts us. Yeah, for sure. And he had spoke to me in 2000 about getting rid of my accounting practice, but I had affection for it and I couldn't release it. Wow. So he gave me a dream about my ministry, about what he had for me. So I got rid of 80%, but I still held on to 20%. And then I got rid of another 15%. I still held on to 5%. And I, um, in about a I'd say a month. Whenever I finish the work, I'll be done with the five percent. I will be totally so out. Now, this is at this time you're actually getting rid of the whole thing. The whole thing. So it took you 16 years. Yeah. But you did it. <laughs> I know. And the Lord's so patient. And I wish I'd done it sooner. But I ha- I asked the Lord back then when He said that. I said I can't give it up. I could give it. And He said okay. I said I could. He said okay. He said, okay. I got rid of the eighty percent, and he was like, "That's okay. It's a good start." Yeah, and then the next fifteen percent, but that last five percent, it was like the it was my some of my favorite clients and some of my most profitable. But then I ran into huge mistakes that could have buried me financially, stupid little things, and I started getting the signal, you know, from the Lord, like, okay, you know, you just weren't really called to do. That. No, and I, there was no grace for it anymore and it was just a such a part of my life and so what happened by doing that you actually bought time you bought yeah, time I, I did I have a I, I did I, I tell people to buy time yes. I, I told a guy who was a full-time employee at one point to to start his own business and to consult because he can buy time that's what I did and, too and uh, I've told other people to go and take a cut in salary in order to, to get uh you know, four weeks of vacation instead of two weeks. And again, that's buying time. Exactly. And, and time is so precious. And so what you did is you bought time and you bought emotional space and to actually yeah. connect with God and to be able to come to Kansas City and do yep. the things that other things that are important to you and your spiritual growth. And I do it now. I mean, I, I hear that all the time, buy time. Like, I want to mow my own lawn to save 20 bucks, <laughs> but I don't. And I think about it all the time, by time. You have no idea how many times I think about that. Yeah. Even at this point, it might sound ridiculous, but I pay people to do everything. Because you said to buy time. And being an accountant, it's hard for me to let loose of the money. Right. You know, it's just not in my nature to, like, pay somebody to do something I could do. But I'm buying time. And I have the resources to do it. And right now it's tight, but I'm still buying time. It yeah. doesn't matter because... I have to. I have to have the freedom. I'm. I'm single. I have to do everything myself, and I have a mother I have to care for, and so I have to buy this time, and it's everything. Personal assistant. To, I just had a person hire a student to automate all my bills. Well, that sounds crazy, but it takes an hour and a half sometimes to automate one bill, because you have to call. 
You got to get a, comp- a special form. You have to fill it so out. So you bought time. I bought time. And see, that's that's okay. It's, yeah. it's something that's, uh, that we we struggle with. So many of us struggle with. It's yeah. easy to not buy time. Right? It because, is because you're cheap, or or because you think I can do it, and yeah. we even can think it's being poor stewardship to right. spend money on those right. things. But right. it's actually better to buy it, time. And then, well, then is. what happens is you you have time to connect with God better. Yes, you have time to sow into the things that are more fruitful yes. in your life. Yes. What happens is yes. we're spending our time on things that we're not called to do and that someone else may be called to do and they love it and some people where i live people thank me for ten dollars an hour i live in a really economic depressed part of the state and it's amazing to me how many people thank me and and so here here's what happens is with the time you you one you spent more time with god yes and two you started really sowing into your career and it relieves and you started doing yeah. things you're really called to do it relieves pressure too it relieves, relieves pressure so a lot of peace. pressure yeah you got peace you yeah. found peace you found joy right and then you got a hold of god and then you your career you started doing these doing a lot more of the research yeah. and the stuff you started applying for these awards and grants yeah. and research things and you started getting all this stuff right. and you had time to execute it and what what would have happened you would had you had the full accounting practice, oh yeah, you never could have done any of this, and and we'd have never known that you were to be this yeah. award-winning, uber-famous <laughs> celebrity in the accounting world. <laughs> yeah, and I need more time because I, you know, you you do what you love. So I I I, I pay a coach. She's mm. um, I pay an executive coach. She's um, she's what I aspire to when I'm in my sixties, when I retire. And she's a faculty developer, and she awesome. she and you know, I, I found a person, and she coaches me on time management because it's not a natural a for me. Yeah. But I need to check with her once a month. And when I started doing this and seeing I have fifteen projects in process, and it became very overwhelming. I had to I had to shed some things and yeah. buy more time, but shed emotional drains. Yeah. And the other thing is, if you don't have time. You can't be spontaneous. You can't. You don't have time to talk with people. Wow. You don't have time. You know, like this. Um, it's amazing the liberty and the freedom, and you can't help other people with their burdens That's because so you're so loaded down that you can't help them with a perspective. And God's just moving things off my radar list. And even most recently, He said to me, um, "Oh no, man, anything but to love him." But He said that meant obligations. So he, he had me do a little notebook of writing down every time I promised someone something. And within two days, I, like, had pages of stuff. I had probably six people lunches. Well, that's 12 hours wow. of time. How can I do that? You know, and I thought, this is crazy. And he just let me see how many times I made promises to people. And that just lays burdens. And he just said, cut it out. Wow. So I could be free to do the things. Stop making promises. Well, and it's interesting yeah. because... You're, you've become a fairly available person in, in the sense of, you know, doing a lot of cool things like yeah. going to Harvard yeah. and other things where you've, you've actually met some of the most, I mean, world-famous yes. authors and others, yeah. and you're, you're connecting with them, you're yep. influencing with, with them, and you're, you're connecting with super interesting people, and yes. you're just being influential in your industry, yeah. but you really, it takes time. It takes, it takes a lot of time. Even it takes a lot of time to prepare for events, I just spoke twice at the. Um, it's called the. They have a new name, but it's IMA. It stands for Institute of Management Accountants, but there's something more than that. That's their name. They used to be, but 
And I spoke on happiness and had an audience. Which is your theme. Which uh, is one, one of the, them. One of the themes of yeah. your of research. Your research. Yeah, and I had an audience of about 150 people, maybe, and um, it was great, but I want to make it great. So to make something great for your audience takes, takes time. time, and it takes thought, and I, it takes the Lord, too. It's, it's like the Lord, I noticed this year, he has really had me think about my audience and making it a great experience wow. for them, and to break the mold, because there's certain ways you do academic presentations, for example, and this year I started changing it. I said, you know, this way is so boring. And, you know, they can read the paper. They can read the statistics. I want them to have a great experience. Because I got best paper at this one conference. And I, I really changed it up. But it took a lot of hours, like working right. till 3 in the morning and finding the time. Yeah. And so, so you traded the things that you weren't supposed to be doing or the, the least fruitful parts of yeah. your life. And trade it for something that is incredibly fruitful. I mean, you're just you're yeah. having a blast with it. It's yeah, so it's fun. It's so much fun, and and it may not be the most profitable either, but it's okay because I love it. God's, I'm just working with the financial realm to rearrange things so I can be free to do the things I love. And one of the things the Lord said to me a couple of years ago is, "If it's not fun, don't do it." And yeah, if it's not. <laughs> Don't yeah, do I'm it. laughing because that's actually my philosophy too. Yeah, yeah. you know, I spent so many years. And explain that though. It's it's just there's there's something about okay. Even now, I have some papers that I did out of obligation or anxiety or fear to get tenure in my job or something. And then the Lord, but the Lord years ago said, "If it's not fun, don't do it." And and He just reiterated it to me. And something fun to me may not be fun to you. Like doing research on some something may not seem fun to you, but it's fun. It's a blast it's fun you. for me. And, and and really, what that means it's your it's about your heart. Yeah, that's what that means. If it's death to your heart, yeah, it probably is not God. Right. If it's life to your heart, it's probably God. Now, I, I do think there's a time for discipline and other things. Yeah. But I think honestly, I think it's age related. My is my my best guess. Yeah. It, at, at 20 yeah. years old and as a teenager, look, you need to go clean your room, do your chores. And <laughs> I don't care where your, yeah. you know, yeah. where your heart is. Yeah. But at, at, at 50 and at yeah. 50, it's like, it's like we, we don't need those things. We, right. we've, we've established our, our course and it's, we've set our, we've done those, we've paid our dues. Mm-hmm. But now we really need to get in our great, the greatest fruitfulness. And yeah. the greatest fruitfulness is out of this place of where the heart is active. Right. And, and the Lord is there the whole time. And what's fun about this relationship is he's so into it. <laughs> I mean. He's into your life. Isn't he's he? into it. He's, you know, he's into my research. He's into what I'm doing. He's always <laughs> talking to me about it. I can be in a room with a bunch of intellectuals, and they're doing their secular thing, and God's talking to me about what the truth is about it, where it's in the Bible, some of it. What, what Some of it, it's nonsense. You know, we can just laugh about some, you know, some of it. It's so ridiculous. And it's just amazing. I mean, this relationship with the Lord is amazing and how imaginative he is and how all these qualities about him that so are so he's great. he's into your research. Yes. He's into your career. Yes. He's into your life. I believe that. It's totally right. And he, it's so, it's such a, and you know, if you looked, if you were an intellectual and said it, to me, like this is, no one would have advised me to gone into research happiness and all the goofy things that I do. <laughs> 
And I know it's God's anointing that people like it. And I think some of my coworkers maybe are intellectuals. They might think, what in the world? But I just see there's something about it. You know, and people have told me even at this conference, a couple of people came up to me, and we have all these famous speakers coming in, and whoever they, the people have told me that they thought mine was the best session. Well, that's wow. because it's it's just what the Lord's done and the way that I present, and yeah. it's it's and it's fun, and I put my heart into it. And I'm I believe you know God's just given me an honesty that speaks to the world. And and a kind of an infectious joy. I mean, you're a, you're just you're as over the top happy <laughs> and full of joy and having yeah. a past. And yeah. it's interesting. God is into my stuff. I don't think most people live there, and that's so sad. Yeah, because he. I mean, I'm into my kids' stuff. Yeah, whatever my kids are into, I'm into it, man. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm cheering them on. I'm giving them, you know. I'm giving them research that I, I read so much, and I'm sending them articles on the stuff they're interested in. Yeah. Know? And it's God. It's a picture of our Heavenly Father. Yeah. And he is totally into our stuff. He is. And, I mean, I even win awards. I, I mean, I just won the silver medal for this article on gamification. And What does that mean? Um, it's It's taking qualities of games or features of games and adding them to things, let's say, for example, in the workplace. Or wow. creating games for customers so or for work workers. Turning into fun. Yes. <laughs> turning it into fun. And I was able to speak to the best experts in the world in this article. It was my first journalistic attempt. I'm, I'm, wow. I, I'm deciding for fun doing a master's in journalism from Harvard. Now, how many degrees do you have, by the way? Uh, uh, well, I think I only have four right now. Only four degrees? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bachelor's, PhD, and two masters, and I'm working on my third okay. in journalism. And journalism is fun. <laughs> and um, and I, my first course, I took my teacher said I was talented. And you know what's neat about really? that? Yeah, and I was writing terrible stuff. I mean, seriously. Wow. And it really spoke to me that you could speak into someone's life, and it changes their life. And my teacher, I said, how in the world could she say I'm talented when I'm writing this B, I mean, I was getting Bs, this B-level work. And it showed me something about God, though, you know. Um, it wasn't that, it, it wasn't, the Bs weren't important. What was important, she said I was talented. Wow. And it stayed with me. So the article I wrote for her class, my first journalistic piece, I worked on it over a period of two years. And because I was a Harvard student, I interviewed experts all over the world. They'd call me, one guy called me from Ireland after a wake because I was a Harvard student writing an article. And when I sent it in, I read it. I had, I had a lot of help with it, like people editing and my teacher. And I, and I read it, I said, this is really good. And my first piece got a silver medal out of 66 wow. articles that that organization published that got second. And I mean, it was quite an honor. I mean, I thought, wow, I didn't even know they gave awards. But um, I th- I th- and, and that's something too. God indicating something. You got talent. Wow. There's something there to that. And I'm writing two more pieces for them. And then the top educator in the world wrote me just like three days ago. He wanted to partner with me on one of those articles. But I said I can't make any commitments right now. I have to work on my backlog. So I've learned something. So I don't want to hold you up. Wow. I can't make. I can't give you dates. I can't give you anything until I get my backlog done. 
And he said, Lord, show me that. Get the backload done so you wow. can the backload done so you can work on future projects. So, so even there you're simplifying. Yeah, just don't commit because my slate has to be cleaned because I can't do it I can't do anything new. Okay. Two enemies we have. Okay. Two two enemies okay. we, we have in okay. time. Time management. One is is you know, a disease I have quite a bit, and you probably have some too. It's called opportunism. Opportunism. I know. And what opportunism is, it's always yeah. it's saying yes to too many things yes. Yes. because yes. they're so juicy. Yes. So yes. so you always see an opportunity. You always want to say yes because it always seems juicy right. and yummy and yep. delicious. And so I've been healed of opportunism. By, well, you, you taught you, on it. You did t- I really? You did. This, no, I thought of this the other day. I even told someone the other day, every opportunity is not from God. Wow. And you taught it. That message was so good. I think that was one of your best. Wow. It's, it's really right. It's, we've got to know when an opportunity yeah. fits us and yeah. fits us in the season we're in. Yeah. And it's better. There's some opportunities that would actually take you away from the true opportunity. Yeah. And a good example is you're being having a CPA practice. Yeah. When you're really supposed to be this world-class researcher. Yeah. And having a CPA practice is a good opportunity. It is. It's a great opportunity. But it's for someone else to have an opportunity. I love it when you say that. It's for someone else. Just like, you know, you could get real estate for someone else. I remember, too, you you also said once about selling things, maybe not at max, give someone else an opportunity. There's something really altruistic about There's something about that that I like. So you don't need to maximize. Let someone else. You don't always need to maximize. Yeah. That, that's, a, yeah. that's a good message. And here's here's the essence of that. The yeah. Bible says, says don't move the boundary stones. And the idea is that when you when they were given the land, the, the Israelites were assigned the land, they were put boundary stones in place. And so you are supposed to take mm-hmm. your land, mm-hmm. but leave the next guy's land. Don't. Take the neighbor's land. Let the neighbor's land be in the neighbor's hands. And mm-hmm. so for us to try and maximize, mm-hmm. always just yes. growing incessantly, yes. unless yes. it's really you're called to. Yes. Right? And sometimes we are. But yeah. but sometimes you're just to stop your boundaries. You don't have to expand multiple cities. Right. Because there's someone else God wants to give that city's coffee That's shop right. to, you know, and or that yes. city CPA. You're not they're not called to go there. Even research. Just I just started writing co authors and say asking them because I have to relieve my load. Do you want to take the lead? Wow. Let them take the lead. That's awesome. Let them take over. I'm not even interested Which in that. Builds relationships. Yeah, builds helps them. still helps their helps their career. And some of that research I'm not even into. I did it out of obligation or who knows what. But I probably shouldn't have gone into it. But give them the opportunity. I did enough. Let them learn. Take the lead. Let them learn and let go. And I'm kind of like the explorer. So I just go explore do my thing and move on where other people they dig deep and i'm not a dig deeper i'm a explorer so second enemy in time first is opportunism second is duty Mm -hmm. we feel like we have to do something for someone there's a need and so therefore because there is a need and we have ability, so we yes, believe, we must respond. So you're nodding vigorously here. Yeah, this but is the, So yeah. it's this idea of there's yeah. duty that has a claim on us. Yeah, exactly. And it's so interesting because Jesus, they tried so many times to put claims on Jesus. You know, tried to make him king and tried to do this and that. And he's like, no, 
I'm not going to do it. Right. I, I'm not your servant. You know, well, he's he's a servant of all, yeah. but he's he is not your slave. He's not going to do yes. what you tell him to do. Yes. And because there's someone, there's another, yes. actually by us stepping in and doing uh, doing a duty that we're not really supposed to do, it's actually keeping a broken oh, system in place sometimes. Big time. So there's something supposed to be fixed or changed, or we're taking, there's somebody else's duty or obligation. Yeah. But a lot of times, I think we're trying to fix broken situations, or we're, we're, we're trying to put our finger on the dike of a broken situation that the Lord really wants mm-hmm. to let it get fixed. And that means mm-hmm. a mess. Mm-hmm. And it's not my mess. That's right. You know? And so That's right. I, I tell you, I'm just so careful yeah. about yeah. letting yeah. other people put their obligations on me. I, I take a few, mm-hmm. but I really let the Lord tell me to take it mm-hmm. versus me just responding out of need because yeah. it's not my deal. I'm not, this, I'm not everybody's savior. I'm not. That's not my job is to be everybody's savior. Yeah. And so I have, to, I have to know what he's telling me to do and to take only those things. That's what I'm learning now. I mean, that's huge, and um, that's the transition. That's like the big area God's working on now is not taking all that on because I used to take everything on. You would not believe. Yeah, I believe it. (laughs) And so these two things basically cause us to say yes to secondary things, and they say yes to things we're not that that subtract from our primary. And uh, saying yes to everything is saying no to the important things. Right, or even no to God. That's right. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it's 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 amazing. Yeah, I was I actually was I was reading um about Jesus, you know, where the Lord was showing me um where he did what he was anointed it said he he went and did what hath he what he was anointed to do. And the Lord was saying, "Look for that." Wow. You know, go with what you're anointed to do. And if that anointing's not there, just X. Well, Marsha, we're out of time for oh. for this this week, and um, it is it is awesome. I so appreciate what you've yeah. done, and I appreciate your life and the changes you've made yeah. and the growth I've seen. It's awesome. Yeah. So here's our lessons for this week: buy time, and the Lord is into our stuff. Into our stuff. All right, so we'll have you back next week. Okay. All right. God bless.